0: Hello and welcome to the Pro Grace Podcast, having new conversations about abortion. I'm Angie Wesley, and this is actually part two of our conversation with our dear friend Laura McAlpine. So if you haven't listened to part one, you probably want to listen to that one first, don't you think, ladies? Yeah, good This idea. isn't going to make sense. Yes. <laughs> and Denise is here as well. So we're going to start the second um, part of this, talking about where we find common ground in how we view the issue of abortion and, and supporting women. And then we will move into questions from, um, I hate saying the other side. You know what? What am I trying to say? Questions well, questions from,
1: from people who identify as pro-choice. Yeah. And, and then
0: questions for you from people who, yeah. who identify as yeah, pro-life. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's going to be fun. <laughs> mm-hmm um <laughs> it's gonna <to> be fun. <laughs> it's called it sounds like fun to you oh, it's we called have, new conversations. We, have a, we have fun we, we do, do have hey do by. we have new conversations about abortions yes, every we do. time we talk to each we other wouldn't right. you say i totally today exactly <laughs> and we learn stuff today so today we were talking about kind of how you had a question on here what is your personal view on abortion
1: Yes, is that what you
0: Uh, asked? Yes, that is one of the questions, right? And so, Denise, do you want to answer with me? How do we want to do this? Do you trust me to? I can jump in and you can. Yeah, I absolutely. You didn't answer that question. Do you trust me to? Oh, I do trust you. I do trust you and you can start or I can start or whatever. So I would say um, one of the things we feel strongly about is that for most women, you know, this is not something that a woman says, yay, I can't wait to grow up and have my abortion, right? It's just not something that, that anyone wants to do. And we think that um, when women are given support, When they're given acceptance, okay, so there's a lot of negative narrative in our society right now about what it means to be pregnant at the wrong time, or if you happen to be a single mom, all these things that I think aren't, they're discriminatory towards women. And so I feel that supporting women, coming alongside of them, giving them the acceptance and support that they need. To think through what they want to do without someone pressuring them or society pressuring them is really the best way that we can make a positive difference. Do you have thoughts on that, or and I can go deeper, but don't yeah, and
2: um, I think from our faith yep. perspective, from our Christian faith perspective, we do uh, believe God values all life. We yeah. believe He's the creator of life. Yes. And But we know he equally values the life of the woman just as much as he does the life of the child. And we also know we live in a world that is not perfect. And there are complicated situations for all of us, for everybody. And it's not our job as um, somebody who follows Christ to make somebody's to force somebody to do anything. God doesn't call us to that. We, we can't even if we think we want to. Right. So, but it is our job, I think, and Christ calls us to care for the widows and the orphans of the day, women and children, however you want to identify them and to be a place where we're accepting and welcoming and, and available to provide the resources and support they need. And so I think, our view is that that's what, what
0: we need and should
2: be focusing
0: right. on. And I think that lastly, you know, all the research we've done as well as working with women for 10 years, the uh, the level of emotional distress involved in this, we feel really strongly about meeting that need and meeting it in a very safe, counseling-based way because none of us make good decisions when we're feeling this isolation or not supported. And so we trust women. We really do. Um, and that if we support them, that is the best way to see women and children thrive yeah. is by supporting women.
2: And additionally, a woman is never a means to an end. Right. Never. She is a valued life yep. in and of her own right. And so no matter what choice or decision she yep. makes, we are still called to care for her and love right. her and serve her. It's not it's not about our choice. It's about who we are as human beings and
0: people. And that we see all human beings as the same. Yes, right. You know, to your point of, do we tell women that they're bad for having an yeah. abortion? Yeah. We just don't think that's yeah. any part in the Christian faith. Yeah. So,
1: Right. So, and my beliefs about abortion were much more grounded in my work at Chicago Women's Health Center, where I was for 12 years, and I was a health educator I was a prenatal health worker. I was also a social worker. And one of the things we were known for was our ability to talk to women wherever they were in their Mm -hmm. life and help them with their reproductive Mm -hmm. health needs in an open, Mm non-judgmental, welcoming way. It also was, we provided services regardless of ability to pay. So we Mm -hmm. saw women of all different income ranges. And I sat with women many times having done a pregnancy test with them and then counseled them on how they were feeling about the results of the pregnancy test. And I saw all different reactions to finding out that you're pregnant, whether it was planned or not planned. And also when I was in the prenatal program, I also saw what happens when the pregnancy didn't go well. Mm. And there were times when women made the decision to have an abortion for health issues and it's very real and it's very traumatic for all sorts of reasons. So abortion was never something that I've, ever seen any pro-choice person say, yay, yeah. let's make sure w- women have lots of abortions. And, and that it's clean one, and easy no. and done. And that's—I yeah. thank you for not shattering that
0: stereotype, yeah. because that's a wrong stereotype that I see portrayed in our culture of pro-choice people. So say that again. Right. I think it's well, important it, to say that. It, it. it also
1: was very unsettling <laughs> to me whenever... People would have that reaction to us because as the Chicago Women's Health Center, sometimes people would protest Mm. our work, even though we did not provide abortion services, but we provided reproductive health care. We were clearly pro-choice. We would, you know, certainly support any abortion provider um, doing their work that we're doing it well. So. I think what was very troubling about this was this stereotype that somehow we just wanted to make sure there was a lot of abortions yeah. or that we celebrated it when yeah. a woman decided to have an abortion, yeah. which is really antithetical, I think, to being a feminist, which uh, we yes. all right yeah. are and, yes. and supported, yep. that this was about trying to help her understand what was the right decision she needed to make now that she knows that she's pregnant and whether that's to have prenatal care and to have the baby and raise the baby herself, whether that's to um, place the baby in another family to raise or whether that's to have an abortion, that was up to her to figure out. And it was our job to just support her and help her get what she needed. And also see, it wasn't just about the pregnancy, that her life was so much bigger than that. She had dreams, ambitions, Mm -hmm. needs. And our job at the health center, whether she came in for a pregnancy test, or for um, you know a health checkup, our job was just to help her and meet the needs that she expressed to us that she had. If yeah. we could meet them, and if we couldn't, to refer them out. So abortion became this lightning rod, mm-hmm. health issue, that became really distressful mm-hmm. to to be in the center of that very stormy debate, and to find ourselves, you know, where people were just being, I think, I don't know what the better word for is, crazy. You know,
2: people mm-hmm. <laughs> <better> word. For, <laughs> there might not be. I, a say, I don't know. It's
1: is. like people, like, lose their minds, right? About True. This, this
2: you know, what's thing. so fascinating listening to you is you're almost saying the exact same thing that we yeah. would say in terms of how we help women. Um, again, just... We are so similar in so many ways, even though yeah. we have some differences, but the way that you, you almost sounded like you were reading the Grace website.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think sometimes in these things where people get so heated yeah. and divided, you do lose the ability to hear where the commonality mm, is. Right. And, and people have been put into categories where they're all bad. Yeah. And so then how do you ever hear yeah. the good of it? But I do think when it comes to understanding each other and talking across the divide, part of what I needed to understand from the two of you was where would judgment come in? Yes. Mm. Because knowing that yeah. with your faith, sure, abortion is wrong, right? You would still say, as Christians, that it's wrong to have an abortion. So we would, true? We
0: would frame it differently, yes. Okay. And so let's speak to the stereotype that I think uh, pro-choice people have of Christians that I've heard. So we would say that abortion is never God's best solution for a woman or a child. I mean, we really feel that strongly. We think there are lots of things in life that are not God's best plan for people. He gives us choice. We choose that, you know, so we don't elevate one of those uh, things over the other, if that makes sense. And we also don't believe in saying that the person should feel judgment for something that we think isn't God's best. And I think that is really hard for maybe people not of our faith to understand. At the core of our faith is this understanding that none of us are perfect. Only God is perfect. That's why Jesus came to be the sacrifice. And he extended what we call grace, which is why grace is in our name, mm-hmm. which means that he leveled the playing field with everyone and said that by understanding that we're accepted and loved, that's actually how we make better decisions. And I was telling you, you've got to start listening to Brene Brown because she's amazing. <laughs> and her research you know, backs this up yeah. that when any of us feel shame, yeah. we don't make good decisions out of that place. So shame should have no place in the Christian faith at all. There are things that we believe God sets in place for our own good to tell us how to live this life, but he's never behind shame. And so we don't think that that's ever our role. And so I think it's hard for people to understand how we would say morally, we think this isn't God's best. At the same time, we're not going to judge or shame anyone for doing it. And they should never hear like in a counseling situation, what the counselor's own moral view on it is because that's not what it's about.
2: And I think you, you, you sort of hit on one of, uh, the hardest things for me when I entered into this and saw how Christians were responding, that the first word oftentimes that somebody who um looks in on Christians, the first word that comes to mind is judgment. Yeah. And one of the key key is that right, key, Laura? I
0: see you nodding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And that and one right. of the key things that
2: Christ tells us is don't judge. We have no right, right to judge because we are equally in need. In need. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we, our reputation is one of judgment, especially in this space, it just grieves me. It saddens me. And it's the reason why I think Angie and I are trying to, yeah. to have these new uh-huh. conversations and, yeah. and, and to kind of say, you know, what well, we we're sorry. We went wrong. We we went off the track in in that happening. Uh-huh.
0: And it's time to sort of yeah, point that out. So, and I think this is where you're headed, Laura, in a pro-grace counseling model, okay. Denise. Yeah. Speak to how a woman how how we talk to a woman yeah. and if she does say she wants an abortion, is this where you're headed, right. Laura? Right. Okay. You know.
2: Yeah. yeah. Again, our approach is very much of a counseling-based approach. And so Uh, It's not anything about our own beliefs or our own agenda or what we think we need to tell her. It's very much meeting her where she's at. It's asking her, it's learning about her, it's understanding her story and trying to assess and help her identify what she needs so that she doesn't feel like her only option is either abortion or struggling as a single mom, because again, or a mom
0: or a married mom. Yeah. Right.
2: Right. right. I mean, whatever her situation is, um, because again, we know that's not God's heart. He loves her. He wants her to thrive. He loves her child. He wants her child to thrive yet. She gets, we all get choice in our lives and can make our own decisions. But if there are things that she needs support, encouragement, resources, Um, so that she can make her best decision and do well. That's what we want
0: to provide for her. And in the training with the churches, one of the first places we go is to understanding how we have a mental model that has judged single pregnant women in the church to the point that the statistics show very few of them will come talk to their church. So it really is looking at us first. Have we really understood our faith? Have we really understood how Jesus interacted with people? That there should be no judgment for a woman to come and say she's pregnant. And like I was telling you, Laura, one of the first things that happens after churches start going through our training is people in the congregation start saying, I've never told anybody in the church this, but I had an abortion. That's the goal of this—to actually have this conversation to make it safe, um, because it's—we're never going to see any positive outcome. I'm going back to Brene Brown again. <laughs> you know, shame thrives in secrecy, silence, and judgment. But if you douse it with empathy, it can't survive. And I really feel like that's churches are. perfectly positioned to do this. And the reason women don't go right now is because they're afraid of judgment. So that's something we feel very strongly Mm -hmm. about and hope that pro-choice people could understand that, um, we don't, we don't judge no woman would ever feel in a pro-grace church or pregnancy organization that she's a bad person that we're telling her what our agenda is. She would feel accepted. She would feel supported. Like she could go make her best
1: decision. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Because I do think the stereotype is that, and and I also want to be clear, really, I think the stereotype is about evangelical Christians. Okay, yeah. it's not okay. Christians as a right. as a blanket. You're bringing because I in think the
0: evangelical. Don't ask us to define that. I the won't ask you to define that, but I do yes. want to say, yes, I, yes, yes, You know, yeah. I
1: get a little worried sometimes in our conversation when we use Christian yeah. also and as like we're helpful. talking about all Christians. We're not, yes. right? okay, okay. right? Because there's a whole yeah. bunch of sure. Christians, yes. who would call themselves pro-choice that would work at Planned Parenthood. No, you're right. Good so point. who are actively working in health centers like Chicago Women's Health Center. Yeah. And, and this would not be an issue for them sure. at that's all. It, this that's would be a really neutral, good point. Right. Yeah. So I think, but the stereotype of evangelical okay. Christians yes. is that they're telling women you're going to go to hell yeah. if you have an abortion mm-hmm. or they're yelling at people on the street mm-hmm. or they're praying in front of an abortion clinic, right. you know, or they are holding up those awful pictures yeah. of yeah. fetuses. I mean, that's, yeah. the th- the, that's what most people who are just you know, not even engaged in this debate at all might encounter. And certainly what pro-choice people who have tried to help women get access to abortion Mm -hmm. have sometimes had to walk through that gauntlet of people screaming and yelling and standing outside of an abortion clinic. So, so some of the intensity is just how loud the fight has gotten to and how intense it has gotten to. And then what you two did at the center you were at where you stopped the unethical practices that was really brave Mm -hmm. because again the level that this debate got twisted into where manipulation came into play deception Mm -hmm. came into play then that takes it to a whole level of divide and intensity Mm -hmm. because of course people who are pro-choice and put women in the center want nothing to do with organizations that are being deceptive manipulative yeah, right, yeah. and that, right. that doesn't matter whether right. you're talking about abortion or something exactly. else there's no justification for deception no. and right. manipulation no. No. so no. i think the two of you are extremely brave <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. entering into a really controversial yeah. space and trying to say hey everybody wait a minute yeah you know let's just wake up and right. talk about this differently and yeah. I heard that loud and clear, mm. even if at times I thought, okay, can we really bridge the divide with each other? And does it even make sense that we're working with each other? <laughs> I heard you guys say something new and different, and that mm. continued to excite yeah. me. And yeah. About Every the Every time I talked to you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. You were putting the woman in the yeah. center of yeah. the conversation. Right. And yeah. anyone who's pro-choice, that's yeah. what they care about. That's what they're talking yeah. about. They're yes. not saying, let's put abortion yeah. In the center, like, let's make as many abortions as we can. Right. What they're saying is that woman is having that pregnancy, and let's help her. Right. Yes.
0: And that's what we say, and that's what, that whole, the whole view of woman and child being equally valuable. We don't like how the narrative has been. Yeah just about one or the other. So right. I want to speak to, first of all, this is why I like you so much because you're so complimentary. She just called us brave. I mean, it's not You guys are brave. I you don't know you're brave.
1: brave. I think, <laughs> I, I am brave. Yeah. Yeah. I'm strong. I'm really brave. It's just
0: not a word. It just really, it really encouraged me. I feel really good right now and really brave. Um, so the so I want to ask you to define what you mean by unethical and misleading because mm, that I right. think is going to trigger some Christians. I know we do our training and you say that in your video that definitely is like because i remember from a Christian viewpoint we say we follow Jesus who was right. so to hear that mm-hmm. we would be unethical mm-hmm. or deceptive in that we all know that's not who he was. So right, it just right. is like
1: ah yes. what yeah. What do you mean by that? Okay, so a few examples. Uh, one is that. Some of the crisis pregnancy centers will put themselves in physical proximity to a Planned Parenthood clinic mm-hmm. and then redirect the women to their crisis pregnancy center. So that woman may have an appointment with Planned Parenthood, but they bribe security guards and oh, say, wow. when people come so and real. say, you know, this in happened. New York City, this is happening. Right now, oh wow! They'll come in. They'll bribe the security guards okay. and say, "Send them to floor four. Don't send them to <gasps> floor ten, mm-hmm. where Planned Parenthood is." Oh, that's and they act like they're Planned Parenthood yeah. when the woman comes in for her an appointment, so that they can then start talking to her instead of Planned Parenthood. They also will buy property across the street from Planned Parenthood and put up signage and do different things. Again, same idea to try and redirect women into their clinic. Instead of Mm -hmm. Planned Parenthood. So that's one way Mm -hmm. it's deceptive. The other is that they will have women come into the clinic and then tell them things like, if you have an abortion, you're much more likely to get cancer. If you have an abortion, you know, all these terrible things are going to happen during the procedure Mm -hmm. and you'll use your Mm -hmm. ability to get pregnant in the future. You know, all of this medically inaccurate Mm -hmm. information Mm -hmm. comes out. Yeah. So... No,
0: those are clearly... Yeah. deceptive right. yeah. clearly deceptive and we yeah. don't support we
2: don't and i again i think <laughs> going back to our journey and when we came into to this space and we saw some of those mm-hmm. things going on even in our own organization. Not to not, that not level. Not to that level.
1: Please, yeah. No. But because I mean, it was Midwest nice. It was. So. It, it actually was Midwest <laughs> yeah. nice. It's so not quite no, it was, deceptive. Well, it was ne- never
0: deceptive would have light. lied. Yeah. Never would have lied to a person about it being right. an abortion However... Clinic. But it was very informational. Yeah, and, and,
2: you know, when we say not to that level... No, any, but any level, yeah, like, right. does levels it make? Does right. not even matter? Yeah. But is that shame? I, mean? I had
0: to justify. Okay, this is how we work with yeah. shame. I had to justify yeah. myself that it wasn't that bad, right. but it right. was wrong.
2: Right, it you're was right. Wrong. It was wrong. And and again, I think for both Angie and I, it, it was another area of just like ah, uh, and and just kind of grief because it's like that's not who Jesus right. is. Read Jesus stories. Do you and, see him
0: deceiving yeah. people to come? And listen how? To him? And for for
2: me, you know, being a part of. This faith community asking, how do we get here? Right. How do we get to this point where we feel like any means justifies the end? Did I get that right? Good. Um, you yeah. got it. Yeah, um, um, you know, that <laughs> any means justifies the end that we think. No. It's the and end it
1: justifies is. the means. Whatever. Yeah, no, she no, but she said it still correctly. She said, well, whatever. whatever. You guys <laughs> know
0: what I'm saying. Whatever. Um, I podcast people. She gets her idioms, I get my mixed, idioms mixed up. Myself. I
1: can't even. Tell we if know what right or wrong. she. Means. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Um, and and that we we've stopped kind of realizing what we're doing and yeah. how that's inadvertently hurting more than it's helping. So um, so even though as Angie said. Our own organization perhaps wasn't wasn't doing those specific things. We had to stop some things. We
0: still felt these yeah. things are wrong. It made us so. We had to do some cleaning mm-hmm. out. We had mm-hmm. to
2: start. We did. Angie and I, as the leaders right. of um, Cares in Chicago, we had to say, yeah. "Okay, we got to start by looking at ourselves. Yes. We we can't point fingers at anybody else. We can't." you know, we have to say, what are we doing and allowing and leading this organization that is not right. And so,
0: and maybe that's why you would talk to us because maybe you understood we were not trying to defend ourselves. We were really, we'd already made a lot of these changes and we were trying to learn further from you. What is our reputation in the community? You know, like, like, okay, this is what I say. If someone's going to criticize me because I act too much like Jesus, I will take that. <laughs> that's part of our faith. And but I'm it better be really like that. Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. But if someone calls me things like unethical or yeah. not integrity, it's like, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. That's not yeah. That's not part of our faith. Yeah. So we wanted to hear what is it that the community sees us doing? Mm. How are they interpreting it? And some of the stuff, like the ultrasound, you know, we didn't, either, we didn't know or we weren't aware of, and you helped us understand that. Right. And we totally right. shifted and didn't use the ultrasound that way. But even I think words, okay, all right, I'm going to tell a story. Can I tell the story about when we were at that um, Common
1: Ground thing? Sure. Do you that, remember this? Not At the moment, I'm so sure once you start. It was like a start. big
0: organization that convened. They want to have a common ground conversation. It was an evangelical organization, and they had a hard time getting. Now I remember. They had a oh hard my god! Time I think I tried to <laughs> block
1: it. out. that was really hard. That they was had so hard. a hard. Time remember? getting
0: pro-choice people there, but they wanted to. So I would like to say we are not throwing all. Christians under the bus. And Denise and I aren't saying, hey, we're the perfect Christians, la la la, look at us. Like, we've all been part of this problem of not knowing enough people that hold opposing views, not having our churches be safe, not having the conversation. So don't hear me trying to throw anybody under the bus. At the same time, when the evangelical organization tried to convene this, they couldn't get a lot of pro choice people there. So, and they told me this, and I said, "Well, I have a friend, <laughs> Laura. She can come. She likes
1: a free lunch. <laughs> she come."
0: And it was some health center people there, and I think it was the Illinois Teen co- or to prevent teen pregnancy. There was one public health group right, there, right. and then a, a more of a on a pro life, a uh, couple pro life side people, and me and you, and there was. The word the um the man kept using the word post abortive right.
1: I mean, you were uncomfortable. Post abortive for- women. Yeah, he, yeah. That, he was an a- using an adjective before
0: the word post abortive woman. woman post abortive yeah. woman, and it was several times. And I w- was sitting next to you, and you you were physically responding. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. I do.
1: And yeah. You were I like got really tense.
0: Yeah. And I put my hand on your shoulder. And did I say, I'm really sorry I got you into this?
1: You did something. You put your hand on me and I looked at you and you were giving me this look like, I'm sorry, with your (laughs) eyes. And you may have mouthed the words, I'm sorry. Because then I think after that, I spoke up about it. I didn't at first. I was. I thought, I'm not saying anything. Because it didn't feel safe. Not at all. And no one challenged him and he kept saying it. I think after you did that. I think that's when I said, you know, I'm having real trouble listening to you say post-abortive woman. Mm-hmm. She's a woman. Mm-hmm. And an abortion may have been something that she had, but that does not define her for the rest of eternity. Yes. And he actually backed off a little bit. Yes. I mean, he clearly still, like, that was his... He was yeah. creating a class of women called yeah. post-abortive I know. women. And
0: you... Your comment, then I took your comment and molded over and we talked about it. We, I don't think, have said that. And we may not even said it that much before that, but definitely since that day, Mm -hmm. we have not said that because we were like, Laura, you're absolutely right. We don't go around and say, I'm a fill in the blank woman. Right whatever was part of my story, yeah. right? We Post-shopaholic, post, don't, shopaholic, post <laughs> gluttonous, post Post-people magazine well, reading. Hey, <laughs> how about,
1: how about post tonsillectomy? You yeah, know what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Like we, we just don't assign it just women. It doesn't
0: make yeah. any sense. We don't assign any of us an identity. So that is a, yeah. And so we talk about right. that in our training. It's those types of things that, um, and I've heard a pregnancy director say, I never thought about that. They are women who've had abortions. They're doing this. They'd never even yeah. thought about that language. So it's just a journey for all of us yeah. and we need each other. Right. Well, I was going to say that's
2: what's so powerful and beautiful about not being afraid to reach out and develop a relationship with somebody who thinks differently than you do because we really can learn from each other and we don't need to be so afraid that it's going to compromise yeah. our faith or compromise our views or, you know, and so we stay insulated and then we get these buzzwords around us and we start all believing each other and we don't even realize how it looks to the outside because we don't go ask and we don't, don't learn and we don't right. continue
0: to grow. And it's sad and It's not to even me. the outside, it's our community. And even the fact that we, that's why I was struggling when I said the other side, I was like, gosh, I even hate saying that, but that's just how we... And when operate. I say outside I mean we insulate ourselves yes. Yes. with people
2: who, who all think like us, us. Right. and talk like us right. and use the same words as we do and right. and then we don't even know anymore how how we how we're viewed by anybody right. who's not in that little insulated container. Right. right. Yeah.
1: And I do think that climate has gotten so much worse mm. since when we started. Yeah, That's really. the That's surprise yeah. now okay. to me, is that you know, if we thought the climate was bad yeah. for bridging a divide in 2011, it's significantly worse mm. in 2019. Mm. And so I think it's even braver mm. that we're having this conversation and we're encouraging other people to Does have Does that mean we haven't done a very good job? <laughs> well, no, I don't think it's our fault. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm not judging us for that. Well, but that, I, I do think it makes it harder. So, yeah, we, yeah. you know, we're encouraging people Reach out, yeah. talk across the divide. When the boy, divide is getting wider, is it yeah. hard yeah. to do that? So, you know, it, it's something that I think people who want to have this conversation, I'm not sure how they find safe people to talk mm, to—the yeah. Angie and Denise's and Laura's of the world. Yeah. Like, how how does that organically happen? But I think. Being humble and saying, I want to have this conversation is probably the best way to start. And then if that person is respectful and says, I want to have the conversation too, then you start. Yeah, Yeah. Because that's really what we did. It wasn't like we knew how this was all going to go and where we would end up.
2: And I think the challenge is not to be so afraid of the divide that we can't try and take steps because I think we all know there are a lot of people who aren't on the extremes of the divide, who 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 would be willing to do that.
0: Um yeah. if if we aren't afraid just to reach out and try. Right. Right. And I think what we did is we took the politics out. So one thing we never talked about is, hey, let's talk about whether or not we think abortion should be legal. We took that piece out, that contentious piece out and we said, let's talk about the women who are facing unplanned pregnancy. I mean right there, that was such a quick place to go to, as we've said, for common ground. And I do think that is still true. Do you?
1: Yeah, I do think that's right. Because ultimately, what we're talking about is how to serve the woman. Yeah. And in that context, given that abortion is legal in the United States, we didn't have to debate the legality of abortion. Right. And we didn't now, have to
0: discuss how do you vote? How do you vote? We exactly. just didn't even talk about it.
1: Not that there isn't an important movement to do that and Obviously. that should happen but that's not what we came together right. to talk about right i think if, if abortion suddenly became illegal then that would be an interesting conversation because how would we continue to support yeah. the woman together yeah but fortunately we don't have to worry about that particular conversation at the moment <laughs> right Right. Um, so i think having a conversation across a divide it is important to really understand so what's the point of the conversation yeah. and i went back To that whenever I would go have conversations with people who identify as maternal and child health experts or reproductive rights activists to have them join us in this conversation, they always said, Laura, why are you doing this? And I always had to stay grounded in, okay, why am I doing this? (laughs) (laughs) First (laughs) ask yourself okay? I don't don't know how long (laughs) that took you. What what do I think is going to happen? And I consistently go back to the same thing, which is that, I tried for years to shut down crisis pregnancy centers and to get rid of abstinence only until marriage curricula, and I was not successful. And there are plenty of women who are, you know, going to centers that are crisis pregnancy centers and in abstinence only until marriage curricula and in churches who are judging them. So if I can work with the two of you mm-hmm. who are trying to transform all of those practices, mm inside the communities that I am not a member of, mm. why wouldn't I help you? Yeah. I I kept coming back to that and thinking, yeah, I still want to help them. Mm. I still think at the end of the day, it's worth my time and yeah. my energy and my attention. Yeah, mm.
2: And I think wow. actually that that leads to another stereotype that's really not true, that a pro-choice person doesn't care about women and children equally, doesn't want right. to see them thrive or do well. And as we've gotten to know you, that is your heart. Right. You do care deeply that women and children and families are nurtured and cared for. And you even said once to us that if the church opened its doors and all communities and welcomed women, you think that'd be a good thing.
1: Absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't want that? And I think anyone who calls themselves a maternal and child health expert or reproductive rights advocate of course they believe that because they're actively working in their communities on behalf of women and children. Yeah. Yeah. So so for whatever reason, all of us got painted into mm-hmm. this horrible right. caricature yeah. Yeah. Right. that is not how we spend all of our lives doing our life's work. Right. right. right? right. And we're doing the same work. Yeah. You guys right. are trying to support women and children. Right. We're trying yeah. to support women and right. children. We have yeah. different approaches. Right. We have different beliefs about it. Yeah. But yeah. at the end of the day, there's so much more. That's the same. That's yeah. different. Right.
0: So Well, and I would say it's the same thing. The Christians have been stereotyped and caricatured into not caring about the woman. Right. You know, Absolutely. the same way yeah. you were saying. That it's and all about the baby. It's all about the baby and really that it's all about the baby till the baby's born. Right. Pro-birth, nothing right. afterwards. And then it,
1: nobody helps the baby or the woman after that. Just exactly. get that baby born. And yes. That's absolutely the stereotype. Yes.
0: Exactly. And so we in our faith, who again, you know, because you talk about them all the time. Sorry if we talk about them too much. Jesus. <laughs> You're always like, you talk about them so much, but you know
1: <laughs> I what... don't think I've ever literally said that. No, those you haven't. <laughs> I'm
0: just saying every time I do it, I'm like, gosh, does she think I'm saying this too much? But it just comes out. <laughs> You know, for us to say we follow Jesus and then have a reputation of not caring about women is abhorrent, in my opinion. Right, And that's why I want to do this common ground in the conversation, because I really want it to come out. That's not who who we are, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's not how the God we serve is. And we don't want our churches to be that way. And with such a small percentage of women going to their churches, I know that's a very prevalent stereotype that right. we're not going to care for the woman. Yeah. And I just and the, want to see that change. Yeah, yeah,
2: And on the other hand, with every stereotype, usually there are some roots of truth. And they get blown up yeah. and they get ex- extremed or whatever word you want to use. <laughs> you know, extreme. I think I just created
0: a new word. I well, like we have it. interviewed some people okay. that are such masters of the English language. I clearly and then, not. And <laughs> then we, neither <laughs> one of us are.
2: Yeah, so, <laughs> and I think again we will all be the better if we can you know take a breath and and humbly walk into yeah. each other's circles and and try to decipher what parts of the stereotype are false and what things might be true that we do need to look at to look at
0: ourselves. Yeah, and yeah. I mean I
2: and I would think you would agree that that's on the quote-unquote pro-life side and that might be sure. on the pro-choice side as well. And And that's how we're going to do better on behalf of women and children. We need to be okay with the fact that maybe we've made some mistakes. We need to be okay with the fact that maybe for the sake of, you know, our tunnel vision toward the woman, our tunnel vision toward the child, we've missed some things. Mm -hmm. Um, And just be okay with that and say, all right, well, let's, let's correct course here. Sounds right.
1: (laughs) I think especially (laughs) for me where that, came to be true and and what has changed for me over the nine years now eight years years, we've been working together um was I really felt like any faith-based groups I wanted nothing to do with Mm. them after Mm. my experience at the Illinois caucus for and health and the way um that I got treated by Karis and Project Reality so Mm. I was like okay no thank you yeah um but over time I've come to understand that that's my stereotype Mm. and that's my judgment and I have formed a very strong relationship to a Christian health center yeah. here in Chicago. Wow. And they're fantastic yeah. and fabulous. And now I find myself defending them to other people <laughs> and like having to investigate for, on their yeah. behalf, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, stereotypes awesome. of them yeah, and yeah. break down barriers yeah. for them, and which is yeah. completely ironic to me. I never thought <laughs> yeah. I'd be doing that. It's yeah. like, oh my God, Angie and Denise, what have they gotten me into? All um, right, we'll try to start defending
2: you every once in a while too, Yeah, then. once in a while.
1: Sure. <laughs> But I'm very happy about it. And it really is part of my own evolution. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, we've done the same
0: thing. And so that's why we have your videos and our training. We want people to hear, hey, you know, we've stereotyped the certain community, but let's hear from Mm -hmm. someone what that really means. And so we at the same. And that's why we actually don't use the words pro-life and pro-choice, you know, in our work, it yeah. just, we just take it out yeah. and talk about how can we find common ground for women and children. But breaking down stereotypes yeah. is a passion of ours as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so thankful you've been our friend oh, yeah. to Aww. help yeah. us figure out how to yeah. do this. Yeah. And glad that we've helped you in some way. Yeah, and that we're going to keep doing it together. It's not I over, know. right? We're going to no, stay on this we journey have together.
2: Work to do. And we're hopefully, I mean, our hope is that we'll bring more in to join us that it yes. won't be just three. Right, more.
0: Right. I mean, hey, um, I think it will
1: be just us? We'll be like eighty in we'll another still ten be years. it's just just three, three of us. High
0: hopes for this podcast, right? <laughs> right Isn't yeah, what this sure. what the podcast is all yeah, about? Yeah, it, I'm sure. I'm. We're believing there are many, many more people who want to have this conversation, but there hasn't been a framework. Yeah. So yeah. That's why we're doing this with my Fisher-Price recording thing here.
1: We're trailblazers. <laughs> yeah. And pioneers. And pioneers. And
0: All right. We're also brave. And we have chickens in the backyard. <laughs> and we're so glad you were listening today. We think you can be brave and trailblazer and pioneer as well as you just take the first step. Have courage to have a new conversation. We'll see you next time.